Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Well, let's do this. Let's jump into the Word. Man, you guys worship so much today, man. You worship so long, and uh, so we're going to jump into the Word quick. Acts 19. Acts 19. <clears throat> Come on, amen. I love it. I love it. If you are new here today, we're probably a little bit different than uh, maybe some of you have been a part of. We get excited about Jesus. We get excited about His Word, and uh, it's what gives us life and changes our situation. So we, um, we believe the Word of God. I actually believe this. We can read it and then go live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit, as Bob was talking about, being free in the Spirit to do that. So I believe we can actually do this, and what's happening is we're seeing this take place. You guys are doing what we're reading, and so it's pretty cool, and uh, I love it. So Acts 19, where we're going to be at today, we're in a series called 29. Uh, Just quickly for first-time guests, it's a study we're doing on the book of Acts, and uh, it's labeled and called 29 because there's only 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And look at your neighbor and say, y'all are getting so good at that. Y'all are getting so good at that. I am 29, and so uh, maybe it's because we're on week 19. Maybe y'all figured it out by now. That's how it works. So, uh, and uh, what's cool is I'm like people, I've heard people saying, I don't want to sing to end. So uh, I don't either. They don't have to. We're going to keep being 29 even after the series is over with. So uh, it's a movement, not just a series that we're doing. But uh, we're in Acts 19. Uh, just briefly, the uh, last time we met, last week was Military Appreciation Day, incredible day. Uh, but last time we met in here, we were in Acts 18, and we talked about a few things that uh, God showed us in that chapter. And what we're doing each week is just, uh, just sitting down with the, with the Word, reading that chapter, uh, praying, asking God just to reveal in that chapter what He wants to say to Faith Renewed. And uh, so what we can do and how we can live our life, and literally we can walk out of these doors and be 29. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're seeing happen. Uh, the first, one of the things we talked about last time were that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Amen. That's us. That's me and you. He uses. And so I'm thankful for that. Uh, beautiful point, number two as goes along what God was doing today is don't let fear hinder your calling. Uh, we talked about that last time. And the th- third thing we talked about was this, is give what you have and then God will give you greater. And so we've seen that. That's a beautiful thing that we see in Scripture. Uh, throughout scripture, forgiveness. You grant forgiveness and give that, it comes back to you. You give love, it comes back to you. You give finances, it comes back to you. You give these things and God gives greater. So we see that throughout scripture. Today we're going to do this. We're going to pick up today in Acts 19. And we're going to see, this is probably uh, up there top five, one of the greatest revivals that we see in scripture. Uh, You see some great moves of God throughout scripture, but this is one of those that I love what we see happen here. It's one of the greatest moves of God. We're going to learn today that this is uh, the Apostle Paul going into a place called Ephesus, which would what be what we know today to be modern Turkey is where that would be, not the Thanksgiving meal, but the place. Uh, so that this place called Turkey is what this would be. And so you see there that this was a city that had been overcome by the enemy. I mean, it was huge. Sorcery, was out the roof. Uh, I mean, it was ridiculous. Witchcraft and, and the things that were taking place and were rampant in that city were just overflowing. It was just, it's unbelievable. I'm going to do something real quick. I'm going to drop down, just read verse 19 from chapter 19, just to show you what God did. We're going to go back and unfold this stuff, but just verse 19, I think, is beautiful. It says this in chapter 19. It says, also that many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together 
burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So if you understand what this is meaning, they took their books, their witchcraft, their sorcery books, they brought them together out where everyone could see it. They were not ashamed. They were not ashamed of what God had done in their life. And, and they came forward and burned these things. And this here is like 50,000. These pieces of corn were called drachma. And they were a represented about a day's wages. So this is about $50,000 uh, 50, worth of day's wages. So a lot of money here that we see. So there's a lot of things taking place. So in this messed up, tore up, destroyed city where sin was running rapid, revival broke out. Somebody said it's hope for America. Come on, it's hope for America. I mean, there's, there's still hope. And it happens when the church rises up, when the people of God step up and stand up and stand on truth and speak the word of God in love, but in truth. So we see this beautiful picture here happening in Scripture. So today, we're going to pick up in 19. We're going to start at verse 1, and it says this. It said, and it happened while Apollos, is who we talked about a couple weeks ago, was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they heard, uh, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Interesting reply to that question. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, uh, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That's a capital H. He's going to come after the little h. And so we know that John Baptist prepared the way for the Lord. And it says that for the one who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. Now the men there were about 12 in all, and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples reasoning, uh, the disciples reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannius. And this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So there's a, uh, an awful, awful lot of good, incredible stuff just in those 10 verses that we read today. I'm going to give you a couple of them that, that I feel like God's put in our heart and what I want us to kind of see today that we need to grab hold of. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful word for where we're at right now as a nation but for where we're at as a church, we need to hear this and recognize. Um, the first thing is this. Um, it, it, it takes place, and I'm going to read this, verse 2 again. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. And uh, the Message Bible is this. Message Bible is a paraphrase of Scripture. It's written in a, a modern English language to help it make it easier for us to understand. And so I'm going to read this first, and I want to say this before I even read uh, this verse. Um, there are a lot of things that I really love in the Message Bible that I think are great. Um, there are some things that, uh, that they do this. They get away from what the original text was meant to be. So uh, I, just, I would encourage anybody who reads Scripture not to not just read that one 
version of, of Scripture, that one paraphrase, but to read the Bible, get different translations. It's one of the things we do on Wednesday night here. We take a book of the Bible, we go through and read it in different translations, we discuss it and talk about it. It's a beautiful thing. And so one of the things here in this verse 2 is one of the things that I've studied and I've, I found in Scripture that doesn't exactly line up really good the way it's paraphrased with what we see originally in the Greek. And that's not to try to just, you know, diss one thing, but it does say something that the Holy Spirit had put on my heart for the first point of this message today. And then when I opened up the Message Bible and read it, it actually said what Holy Spirit I felt needed to be said today. And so I want to, if you don't have that version, it's going to be on the, on the, on the TV for you. And Acts 19.2 says this in the Message Bible. It says that the first thing he said was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you take God into your mind only? Or did you also embrace him with your heart? Did he get inside you? We've never even heard of that. A Holy Spirit? God within us? So again, I think it's a a great paraphrase. Not exactly line up with Greek and and, and, and some of those things. But I think it's a beautiful point. And it it definitely represents myself what I feel like God put in my heart for number one today is this. The first thing is this, is that it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. So if you're taking notes, jot that down. It's a heart thing. Um, I was listening to a talk show uh, the other day and um, on, on the radio, on the talk radio deals. I don't listen to it too much, but I was listening to it that day. And um, because of everything that's been going on, I had it turned on. And it was interesting. One of the things that the, the host was doing was this. He was describing the view. This person's not from the South. But he was describing the view of what people would describe people from the South. And so he was just saying the things that he is a host, how he says that we're represented and how we look. And some things I think he was close on, some things not or whatever. But one of the things that he made mention of was very interesting to me. And it kind of, I kind of feel like illustrates this. One of the things that he said was this. When people look at people from the South, they think they're all Christians. Amen. Uh, That's cool. I mean, and and it would be great if that were true. Oh, man, wouldn't it be incredible that we could just no longer have to evangelize right here in in Malden and Simpsonville and in this Golden Strip area and and other places in the world that God's using this church, but we'd have to just focus here. We, We already, right, everybody in the South, man, knows Jesus. And everybody right now is going to heaven. Glory to God. And I think a lot of times we in the South think that. I, I just do. Because, again, you look at different votes and how votes and things go and some of the things that are said. I think sometimes we think that because we are in a just total area that is just saturated with so much church. And there are churches everywhere and there's so much stuff going on. But here's the truth. Everybody's not Christians. And there has to be at some point where this takes place, where it leaves, and I like how it says, it goes from our head and it goes to our heart. There has to be a moment where that happens. And uh, we were discussing the other day, uh, someone who was sharing the gospel with someone, and, and they asked them, they said, has anyone ever told you that? And so this person right here in the South said, I've never heard that. I've never heard about Jesus. So there is still a great need for us to share Jesus and share the gospel with our neighbors, with our coworkers and our friends and our family. It's a great need because there's still many that have not heard. 
And so we must share that. But I think so many times we do this. Well, because we are from the South, uh, because, again, you know, we're, we are of this area and this group that, that we're Christians. And the truth is, we're not. Pastor, are you judging people? And how do you, how, how do you, no. come on, man, I just know. You know, you know, you live with some, I am, I'm going to leave that out. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. But we do, we all, we have family members, we have friends that, that don't know Jesus, don't profess him. They don't, they don't confess Jesus as Lord. And so we must do this, we must share this. And there's so much in scripture that tells us about our heart and about what we must do there. Proverbs 4.23 says this, it says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. So this has to be a heart thing. This has to be a, a place and time in our life where we do hear it. It does go into our head. And we, uh, do we connect with the message of Jesus and we trust the gospel message in our head, but we do this. We believe in and we place our hope and our trust in him and we say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life because this is the truth. Every issue of your life flows from that. And so there are some folks, and, and you may be here today, and, and you may have not given him your heart and your life yet, and you're wondering why some of the things that are flowing out of you, some of the issues of life are flowing out of you. It's because maybe it's a heart thing. Now, this is not to be said to anyone to put them down and say, well, man, my heart's better than yours, this and that. No, we're all in a desperate need. If we have not said yes to Jesus, we're all in a desperate need to say yes to him. And if we have said yes to him, if we have surrendered our life to him, what we want to do is this. We want to continue to draw in that. We want to get as much knowledge of him in our head and in our heart. And we want to do these things and walk this out because there's so much there. And there's so many people who still need to hear the truth. The other morning, something interesting happened. It hasn't happened in a long time. And, uh, but our, our doorbell rung, and uh, little Daisy, our dog, you know, went nuts and went crazy and was trying to attack this person, you know, about that tall. And uh, I just kind of picked her up or whatever, and I opened up the door, and it was a Jehovah's Witness. First of all, man, those guys are getting out there trying to share their message. Man, church needs to learn from that. We need to get out more and share more and do those things. Uh, yeah, it turns off a lot of people, but we still need to figure out how to do that right. Thank you. We need to figure out how to do that right. And so I went down, and I opened up the door, and I opened it up, and I had Daisy in this hand. I finally kind of took her, and I tossed her back, and I opened up the door, and, and, and they, they gave me this piece of paper. And I, the first thing I did was I looked over, flipped over to see where it came from, and I noticed those, those words, the JW, daughter, I noticed the Jehovah Witness material. And then I noticed something else I had on my Jesus shirt. You know what Jesus shirt is? We, have, we gave out some shirts one time around here, and it was black shirts with just the biggest old bold letters that just simply said Jesus. And I was like, oh, this is about to get fun right here, man. And so, um, <laughs> and so I, I, just, I, I just stepped out, tossed Daisy in, closed the door, and just stood on the porch. And the first thing they did was this. Oh, I see you have a Jesus shirt on. As I do. And, and so we begin to talk. And, and I'll say this. It was a beautiful conversation. I think people who disagree can still have great conversations. And, and, uh, and so Scripture says that we needed to share what we believe and the hope that we have within us and do it in love and grace. And so I did that that day. And we sat there and we began to share. And this is what that person did. They were good at what they did. They had been trained well. And so they noticed when Jesus was on my shirt, they immediately began to share with me the things that they believed about Jesus. 
It was, it was amazing. And so they began, oh, you have a Jesus shirt. And we believe that Jesus was this. And we believe that Jesus was that. And they did this. They had a lot of knowledge in their head. But there had never been a heart transformation take place. They said, Pastor, are you, you, you judging them? No, I'll let, I'll let them say it for themselves. Because in our conversation, one of the things that I said to them was this. Have you been born again? You know that that Jesus we've been talking about, he said this, that you must be born again to inherit heaven. So you must be. And then they, they pulled back and they stopped and they says, well, that's a discussion for a, another time, you know. And I said, no, I think it's a discussion for right now. I said, because it needs to happen in your life. And so we, had, we found out and we discussed and we shared some things. And, and I, I found out, again, that what they believe about Jesus and what I believe about Jesus are two separate things. All right, that's just the truth. That's not to diss anybody. What I believe about Jesus is in this book. It's the Word of God. And I believe what it says. I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that He stepped out of heaven, and I believe He came down to this earth, put on skin for us, and got on a cross and died in my place for my sin. I believe that. I place my hope and my trust in that. That's a good place to give God praise. I believe that. And so they believe things about Jesus, that he was a good guy, and that he was this, and he was, you know, they, they you know, kind of place him in a category of Michael the archangel, and they're not getting all kind of stuff. But just, it's just interesting. But again, they had some things, and they were saying things that did not line up with this. And so this is what we must do. We must take the words from this book, place them inside of our head, but then place faith in those words in our heart. And so we see this, and this is what they do. And there are times and situations in our life where what's in our head and our heart don't match up. Let's just be honest. It don't. So we do this. We pray like David prayed in Scripture. Psalms 51.10 says something so beautiful. He had messed things up. And he said this. He said, God, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So he didn't say this. He didn't say, let me just, uh, just kind of in my head just make a few little differences in my life, a few little changes. No, he said this. God, change my heart. Change my heart. So God, change your hearts today. And so for us, it has to be this. It has to be for us making the decision to cross over from what's in our head to placing that in our heart. And that means that this, we do this. We believe and trust in him. Scripture calls it being born again. So we must do this. So I think that was a beautiful thing in this first point that we see in Scripture that we must do. Now the second one is going to do this. The second point today is going to come from this same passage and something else that I believe is so important that as 29, as God's people, as the church today, walking forth and doing what God did, we must step into. And so we see this today. In, in the second point today is this, that we have the same Holy Spirit that they had. We have the same Holy Spirit that they had. And it's interesting, uh, Bob didn't have no clue what I was going to be speaking on today and, and what I was going to be sharing and saying, but he's been talking about the Holy Spirit and those things, and there's been songs and songs and been messages, things have been shared in that. So there is, in Scripture, we see this. This is what we have. We have the same Holy Spirit that they had in Scripture. This is one of the other things that we disagree with with the Jehovah's Witnesses. They, they believe this. I started asking them and talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just began to share those things. And they kind of smiled. They stepped back a little bit. And, and they, they kind of you know, did like this. And they said, yeah, yeah we believe that this, the Spirit. We believe in the Spirit also. When we believe that the Spirit, it, it, there's a power there. And they referenced it. This is handled by the Bible. This is truth. They referenced it and compared it to 
we believe it's kind of like what you would call your car. I went, first of all, I drive a truck. I'm a man. And uh, <coughs> another story. But, uh, but I, they said, it's kind of like we would call, you know how we call our, our automobiles, he or her, and we'll say things like, well, she let me down. Or he did this, and I was kind of like, just kind of like scratching my head, but still nice and kind as I was listening to these things. And we believe this, that it is a power that kind of just represents itself in different things. And I stopped, and I said, I believe this, the Word of God says, I believe the Spirit of God is God. I believe that. I, I, I have to believe that because I have to put my trust in something. When Jesus did this, when Jesus left this earth, he told those disciples, we've been reading about in Acts and living our life like, that he said, don't even go out and try to do this stuff without the Holy Spirit in your life. He said, I want you to do this. I want you to wait there and stay there. And so we see this here. This is a beautiful thing. I believe he's God, and I believe he's good, and I believe he's a gift. And so we must do this. We must ask for the Holy Spirit to come in and change our lives. And so we see this here. Paul made sure that these guys have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. He, he did this. And so I'll just begin to kind of dig into this stuff and begin to study a little bit. It was interesting, some of the things that I found. I think sometimes we do this. I think we, we, we kind of look at situations and think the Acts was in this little short period of time that happened, like two years or three years or whatever it was. I begin to dig at the time frame and the timeline of what this looked like and when this took place. All history kind of points to one thing. History points that this time frame that Paul went to Ephesus and spent his time there was about A.D. 54. Right, for some of you history guys, you're going to like that because this is about 21 years we see after Pentecost. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to kind of help some people understand because they're, they're again, Christians, God-loving Christian people that teach that the Holy Spirit only showed up and was there and represented on that day of Pentecost and operated in the way that he operated, or it, or whatever they call it, operated the way that he did because there needed to be this tongues and languages split up and shared because there was this language barrier. All right, so I want to take for a moment and just teach and help us get some understanding because this is huge. This is huge for our church. This is huge for 29 that we move forward in this. I, I, I've heard churches that, that clearly take one stance and they believe that the Holy Spirit came and that he gave those languages and everyone spoke in those languages so that the gospel could be preached. I believe that. Somebody else said, I thought this was Pentecost church and we, we were spirit care or whatever. No, because the Bible says that. That's what the Bible teaches. When you look and study Acts, there was this need for the gospel to be preached. And so you saw the Holy Spirit show up in this way because in Pentecost, all these people had come from these different areas. And it was like this big, massive gathering of this hub there in Jerusalem. And they all came to this place. And what Holy Spirit did was this. He messed with them. He's still messing with us today. And he messed with these guys because he heard this. These guys heard the gospel. They heard it in their language. That is stinking awesome, man. I love that. I have to believe that. I read and study scripture. That's what I find. But then we, I found another, maybe a group of people who I believe equally love Jesus and, and believe the word of God who have some misunderstanding on it as well. I'm not saying that we know it all. We got it all right. 
But I believe this. There are some groups that believe this. That the Holy Spirit showed up that day. He spoke in this prayer language and this tongue, and he moved in this way. And, and, and it's more of a classical Pentecostal line belief. And they teach that, and they believe that way. And they disregard the language situation. And they say that that really wasn't it, that the Holy Spirit was this and those things. And here's what I believe about that. I believe he works that way too. Because if I study Scripture and I read it and I dig into it, we find out there's so many examples of where we pray in a tongue in the Spirit and the Holy Ghost can flow through us this way. And this is what I love about this story. So this is going to do some things. It's going to mess up their theology as well because this is what happened. This took place 21 years after Pentecost. There was no language barrier. It was in Ephesus, just put it this way, put your city, it was just Simpsonville, everybody taught Simpsonvillian. Greenvillian, Maldonish, and, and Pickens has their own language, for real. I just want to see if there's some Pickens, I knew we got some here. But, uh, but whatever it is, but... Oh, fun. But, but there was no need for that if that was the only way he worked. But this is what God did. This is what God did. He messed with them. He showed them 21 years later that there was still this need for this Holy Spirit to come in and there to be this evidence of the presence and the Spirit of God operating and working in your life. So we have to do this. It's not this what we're seeing so much happen right now. It's not this either or. It's a both and. You need both. And I believe there'll be instances, and there are. We hear mission stories from missionaries to different countries where the Holy Spirit shows up and, and they literally begin to speak in the native language of the place where they're at and he operates in that way. But throughout Scripture, we see this. We see this move of God show up and the Spirit of God show up and he moves 21 years later. You see in the church of Corinth where we see in Corinthians where they flowed and they operated and they prayed and they did these things. 1 Corinthians 14, 18 says this. He says that I am grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues that he gives us for praising him, which leads to wonderful intimacies we enjoy with him. I enter into it as this as much or more than any of you. Any of you. You got Paul saying this, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. We see this in the Message Bible. He's saying, man, I enter into this thing as much or more than any of you. He said, I'm grateful for the gift of praying in the Spirit. So we see this in Scripture that we can do both. We can do both. And this is what we should do. We should ask for, believe for, and trust God and want to do both. Well, what about this, Pastor? What about if I don't understand it? Good news, man. I'm going to set you free. You're not. I just want, I want just that's, I want you to know that. He said this, it's the language that we don't understand. It's, it's a different place when we're connecting with God in the Spirit. Now, there are, there are different gifts in Scripture. I don't have time to do it, man. We, we've done it before, and I'll do it again sometime. There are different gifts in Scripture where there are tongues and interpretation that are used in corporate worship settings where the Holy Spirit speaks. There are translations of that. And so, again, that's Scripture. And so that's the Bible, and we believe it. But in this, God has done this for us. He's given us this gift that we can do, and we can pray, and we can spend time with and these guys, this guy Paul, who wrote what we read and study, he said, man, I'd do it more than any of y'all. So he done this, and this is what I love, and we see in Scripture, this is what it produces. Verse 11 says this, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. 
He worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or, or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out to them, went out of them. Hear, hear that? That's huge. Because we see in Scripture, Jesus says some things. Jesus said this, what I've done, you're going to do greater. But sometimes we've done this, we feel like we're going to be an offense to Jesus if we do what he did. Listen, he, that, he, it was his word that he wants us to do greater. In Scripture, we see this. In Scripture, we see there was this lady who had this issue of blood. The Scripture says she has that physical disorder, and she presses through a crowd, and she reaches up, and she touches the hem of his garment. She touched the robe that flowed down from him. She touched the hem, and she was made whole that day because of her faith. And we see that picture, and it's beautiful. You know what's greater than that? These people didn't have to come and touch the hem. They sent pieces of his handkerchief and aprons off. So th this, is, this is the word of God speaking, and this is pretty cool. He said in verse 11, he said that God worked unusual miracles. You know what that means? And I believe for 29, that's supposed to be. There's, there are some miracles that's just supposed to be usual. I'm serious, man. That's what I believe. I believe there's some miracles from God that we believe there have to come just once every six years or six months, or if we really do this, there are some miracles from God that we see operating here and moving. There were some miracles that just became usual. You know what I want to, I want to see for cancer? This would be a usual miracle healing. Come on, somebody. Too many people have got, left this earth with that. And, uh, and, and there's too many things that are going on. That I just, I, there are just some things in Scripture God's put in our heart that he's shown us here in, in Scripture that he said, it's just, man, there's some things that were just usual. I just want it to be just become normal place. And listen, we never get casual with it. We never get relaxed with it. We always pursue it and ask God and always recognize him as the giver of it. But there's some things that he wants to do, miracles he wants to do. My son Caleb and I, he's 10 and we were, just, we were talking something the other day, and I was sharing with him about the time that God healed my head. And, and uh, long story short, for the first-time guest, I had a vein rupture in my head uh, just about two months ago or a month and a half ago, and it was, a, it was a crazy thing. God showed up. Holy Spirit moved, and a miracle happened, and, and they had then called in neurosurgeons, and the chief neurosurgeon was called in, and then they started doing these tests and trying to say, man, what happened? Where'd it go? I know where it went. It went to hell. That's, not where, that's where that belongs. It didn't belong here in my body. So, so we saw God move, and we were talking about it, and I would just share, and I was like, man, I, remember that time God did that? We were just talking and having a good time, and he made this statement. My 10-year-old son said this. He says, so many miracles are happening. It's just foolproof that Jesus is real. It's just foolproof. That's what I want us to be. I want it to just be common miracles, full of miracles, God doing his thing, just so that we can see more and more that Jesus is real. That Jesus is real. That we see this. And so it's a beautiful thing. Again, this is the spirit that we have in us. The scripture says the same one that got Jesus out of the grave lives in us. So that's what we have to do. We have to start believing for that and trusting in that. And the last thing today is this. And the third point is this. In Acts 19, again, I want us to pick up in verse 13 and read a few verses if you have that. It says this. It says, Then some of the itinerant Jews, the exorcists, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. 
saying, we exercise you. I don't know why I say it with that way. I, we exercise you. Uh, we exercise you. We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Look at what happened. Also, there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, Paul, I know. But who are you? About to get interesting. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was, uh, the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them. One dude overpowered them and, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became naked. I said that way. Both known to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. The third and final point is this today. Power flows out of relationship. Power flows out of relationship here. It is, T.D. Jace uh, used to say something. He said, man, don't be professing something that you're not possessing. Don't do that. Don't go around saying this. And then this is what happens sometimes when we don't have a relationship with Jesus. This is not to knock anybody. This is to help us grow in our faith. That we do this sometimes. There's no relationship. Or we've seen this happen. And we see someone else call on the name of the Lord and a miracle take place. And then we try it. And say, why didn't that happen for me? Now, this is not legalism. This is love. This is a relationship. Out of a love relationship with Jesus, and as them being part and being children of God, they had this power. And so this power flows out of a relationship. Luke 10 says this, verse 17. Luke 10, 17 says this. Then the 70 returned with joy. So we're joy. We shouting about earlier. With joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. This is a group of people that came back to Jesus that he had sent out to do a work. And they are pumped up, man. They're jacked up. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Come on, man. This is beautiful. This authority comes because our name is written in heaven, because we have a relationship with him. And so this is something that God gives us. John 1.12 said, But as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. It's in his name. And so this is what takes place. These guys, this 29 group, full of the Spirit of God, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, coming up against this demon-possessed individual, and they came and they seen fruit from it, even sent out just aprons and, and, and handkerchiefs and saw results. But somebody who didn't have the relationship couldn't get the same results. Now, this flows out of relationship. And imagine the look on their face when these seven sons of Siva get up against this demon-possessed guy and they had saw something in action but never had come to the place of belief and trust in Jesus and didn't have that walk with him and hadn't received the grace and the love of God offered to them. 
and they come up and they try to come against that enemy. <laughs> I don't know how Paul these guys did. I don't know if they, I don't know if it was just this. Mm, in the name of, I don't know if they, it was that. I don't know. I just, I just get these things in my mind. I don't know if it was just a soft little man. In the name of Jesus, get, psh, go. And I, I don't know. But I know these guys stepped up and tried it. And imagine the look on their face when they did this. In the name of Jesus, I command you to go. And a demon looks at them and says, Jesus, you tell me I know him. I, I even know Paul. Who are you? I want every demon in hell to know our name. I want them to, I want them to hear when they, when they hear the name, man. I go to faith. You know, I'm connected. I'm 29. I'm connected to a church that believes the word of God and trusts in him and believes that it's true. And, and I, I want them to do, start doing this because this is what happens. There has to be, and there always is, when we have that relationship that flows with him, we always see a result from it. So this is what we're going to believe. We're going to begin to trust in everything that he says, and we're going to believe this. And I want to, just in this best way, as the worship team comes around, I want us to think about these three points today in just a different light for just one moment. Same three points we just had. I want, us to, I want us to think about it this way. I just want you just for a moment, just bow your heads and close your eyes for one moment. I want you to think about these three points, not as something that we do, but I want you to think about them in relationship to what he did. Huh. Just think for a moment. I, just, I want you to just again... Put that in your mindset for just a moment. So when we have this, that when we pray, that we, we think about it in this light, that we can have him in our heart. We can have him in our heart. That means this. That means that we're, we're this place transfers from just a head knowledge to a heart thing and that God can become the Lord of our life. And we give him our heart. He comes in. The spirit of God I'm talking about dwells in us. The same one that got Jesus out of the grave. And so we think about it in the light of what he did. And this is what that means, that Jesus got on the cross for you. He extended his amazing grace and love towards you. That if you would just be a recipient of that gift, he can go from your head to your heart right now. The words that I've spoken to you that went into your head can transfer now, and God can be a part of your heart and your life today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Second was this, that that same spirit lives in us. That same spirit lives in us. Again, not what we do, but what he did. He sent the Holy Spirit to you. He sent the Holy Spirit to you. Himself in the spirit, that we can come. He can be a part of our life, that we receive him. Again, not by what we did, but by, do, but by what he did. It's called grace, and we trust in that. And the third one is this. We can have a personal relationship with him. Now, I know that thinks that in your mind, that means, well, that means I got to do, I got, now listen, just for a moment, just think in relationship to what he did. He sent his spirit to be a part of your everyday life. He gave us his word. He loved us. He sent us a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. He gave us all of these things. So our part is only this, receiving it, putting our hope and trust in him, letting this come from just a message of words that go into our ears, 
but an empowerment from on high of the Spirit of God that comes into our hearts. So, God, we thank you for that right now, Lord. We come to you right now, Father, and we thank you right now for the Spirit of God who's real, who loves us, and who's here in this room right now. I want to ask this question first of all, and I just, just right there where you're seated. If you today, you don't have Christ in your heart, I'm not talking about what you know in your head. You may have degrees in the Bible. You may have more degrees in a thermometer. I, I, you, any of those things. You may know it or you may know very little. You may just know what you've heard today. You may just know that, man, you mean Jesus did this and he loved me and he came and got on the cross for me? Yes, he did. And you want to do this today. If you're honest and you're real and you're sincere, man, the Spirit of God wants to come into your life and change you, radically make you new. And it's a gift from God that you receive by faith in him. So right where you're seated, if that's you, I just, right where you're seated, I want to pray for you where you're at. But first of all, I want to ask you, if you'll be honest and real, the Bible says to do this, that we need to confess in our mouth, believe in our heart. He said to confess him before men. And he'll confess us before his Father in heaven. So this is what I want you to do right here. If you say, I want to confess before, right now before you, Pastor, that I need him. I want him in my, in my heart, not just in my head. I want you to do something right where you're, where you're seated. I just want you to lift up one of your hands to him, a left or right hand. Just raise it up. If you'd be honest and be real. I have something in my heart. I see that hand. Praise God. God's getting ready to leave your head and go to your heart. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. I see that hand. Who else? Raise it up. Raise it up. Praise God. Who else? Praise God. Any others? Praise God. You can put it down. Anybody else? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It's called grace. And it's abounding. Oh, man, it's truly amazing. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And today he wants to do this. He wants to get into your heart, your very being, so that every issue of your life that flows out of it is going to involve him. It's going to involve him. Oh, man, thank you, Jesus. So right there where you're seated, I want you to say this. I want you to say, Jesus... I believe today you got on a cross for me. I believe in my heart. I confess in my mouth today that you died for me and that God raised you from the grave for me. I believe that you're coming again to receive me and I can spend eternity with you today. In Jesus' name. I trust in the gospel. I trust in this and I believe this good news. And I want it to leave my head today and come into my heart. So that every issue flows out and involves you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 